I'm Greg. I'm one of the elders here. And um, Friday night, uh, we got a call from Jackie and said, hey, can you go over to the, to the CVS and pick up the medicine for Nathan? And uh, fortunately, Nathan's father's a doctor. And uh, he diagnosed that he's got pneumonia and called in the antibiotics and stuff. We would go over there and, and um, you know, put our hand on Nathan to pray for him. And, you know, he's pretty hot. But I guess today he's, he's getting better, but he, is, he can't talk without coughing. So yesterday morning I talked to him and he said, uh, I'm probably not going to be able to preach. So uh, just so happened that God, over the last couple of weeks, as I'll share, he's just been putting some stuff on my heart also. But I was kind of joking with Ed this morning. If God knew this was going to happen, why didn't he just heal Nathan? Okay, and uh, Ed said, well, you know, maybe Nathan needs a little bit of downtime. And he does, but I'm sure he'd rather not have the downtime by being sick and wheezing and coughing. So he, he was really agonizing not being here. You know, we are blessed beyond measure to have him as a pastor. So, and with Pastor Corey and the rest of the staff, God's doing a great work here at New Life Fellowship. And that's why we have to be on guard. The enemy wants to tear apart marriages. He wants to tear apart the unity here at New Life, because he doesn't like what's going on. But you know what? Fortunately, we're on the winning team, and it doesn't matter what he tries to do. As long as we submit ourselves to Holy Spirit, then it's all going to come out right. It's all going to come out good, because God's in control. So, as I um, was thinking yesterday about what to say this morning... Um, God just really impressed on me that his word and his promises never fail. No matter what happens, no matter what the circumstances look like, God's still in control. And, and just like uh, Aaron was sharing this morning, that it's easy to get caught up in all the news reports that God's dead or, or God's not working or things aren't happening the way that they should be happening. But if we really dig deep and and rely on the Lord, then all the things are going to come out okay. But as we're going to talk this morning, some promises that God makes, we may never see come true. One of the things he's been pressing on me is, we're such an instant society. If I want to know something or I can't think of something, guess what? Google is my best friend, and it gives me the answer because it's so easy to do that. I don't have to go grab a book or try to figure out where it's at, but it, and, and that's okay, but it's, it's very easy to say, okay, God, I've got this problem. I need you to fix it right now. And God's saying, well, hold on just a minute. I can fix it right now, but I think there's some stuff I want you to learn as you walk through this. So anyway, let's get right right into this. Nathan's going to pick up on Acts next week, and um, so 
so he'll continue our series after that. But um, we're two weeks into the new year. How many people made New Year's resolutions this year? How many people have kept them? You don't have to raise your hand. I usually don't make New Year's resolutions for that very reason because I usually don't make them. I see a lot of people at the Y in the mornings. I go there before I go to work, especially the first two to three weeks of January. There's a lot of people there trying to get better, healthy, you know, work out, do all that stuff. And it's kind of funny. You hear the, the people that are there all year long, they're kind of joking, saying, yeah, it won't be long till we'll have our Y back. You know, kind of the way we do around here with the um, with their track season. You know, let's just get through track season. We'll have our city back, and then we can uh, go on from there. But, um, but I was thinking today, you know, after... After this message, you know, God, this message is as good as much as for me as I hope it is for you, that I may decide I want to do a few things differently. I'm not going to use the resolution word, but, you know, there may be a few things that I hope that each of us can be encouraged to do differently. So each year, um, I, I don't know how many years it's been, but I try to go through the entire Bible every year. A couple of years ago, I found this uh, Bible app called Daily Audio Bible. We've probably shared this with you before. But David Harden reads the Bible every day. Uh, Old Testament, New Testament, Psalm, and Proverbs. So he starts in Genesis and then Matthew and works all the way through throughout the year. Uh, Yesterday morning... He starts off with, um, it's a tough day for him because his mom passed away. But yet he's still there reading the Bible. And as you can hit listen on and read with him. So if you struggle to get through reading the Bible every year, go to dailyaudiobible.com and just click on it and listen. It's such refreshing. He gives you a little insight on what the whenever he starts a new book, he gives you a little insight on what the book of the Bible is about, and then he'll read the Bible, and then at the end he'll give a little commentary sometimes, and sometimes he'll just pray. So it's a great 15, 20-minute uh, time, just so you can do it on your way to work. You listen to it in the car. You can do it in the morning during your Bible study time. So I would encourage you to, to use that. Um, So over the past couple of weeks that I've been listening, God has kind of laid on my heart that um, a few things. So I will, I'll give you the four points that we're going to talk about, and then hopefully God will fill in the blanks. Well, I know God will fill in the blanks. So the first point is God's promises never fail. Number two, everything we do in our lifetime will have an impact on many generations to come until Jesus comes back. Everything that we do in our lifetime is going to impact generations to come. Point three, God is God, I am not. 
God is God. I am not. And number four, things that seem broken and unfixable really aren't as broken or unfixable as they seem because we've got God on our side. So we're going to talk about those four things over the next few minutes. I don't have any slides. Well, I think there's one slide or one Bible verse. But other than that, we're just going to talk. And then uh, we're going to pray. We're going to sing a song. And uh, God's going to launch us out to go be the church. So as I've been reading through the Old Testament, one of the things that I tend to forget is that have you ever noticed that God will give a promise and then just a few verses later or a couple of chapters later, he'll fulfill that promise. Now what I forget is that many times there's hundreds of years between that time frame. And so I end up thinking, okay, well, wait, God, you made the promise, you answered it. But I forget that it was hundreds of years in between when he made the promise. So again, I get it caught in my mind, this instant thing that, so what, he, what he's kind of impressed on me is that there's going to be promises that he makes to each of us from his word that we're never going to see this side of heaven. But it doesn't mean that the promises aren't real and that God's not going to do it. Let me give you an example. In uh, Genesis 12, 1 through 3, if you, have a Bible, if you need a Bible, raise your hand. The guys will bring one. This is the only verse that's going to be on the, on the screen. So if you need one, please raise your hands. If you have one of these Bibles, page 9. It'll help you. Genesis 12, 1 through 3. The Lord God said to Abram, Go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. Here's the promise. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, will, I will curse. And all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. Now, that, that's a pretty incredible promise. If you, if you consider where Abram is at this time. It's Abram, his wife Sarai, because God hadn't changed their name yet to Abraham and Sarah. Sarah can't have babies. So here God is telling Abram, guess what? You're going to be a great nation. There's going to be more people than, than you can even count is going to come from you and Sarai. So they're just a ragtag bunch of folks, his nephew Lot. They got a few animals. And off they go to the promised land with only a promise and really nothing to show. And guess what? Abraham never saw it. But we can look back. 
We can even look today and see the millions of people that that come that came from Abraham. Turn me to Hebrews eleven eight to fifteen. Page 974, Hebrews 11, verse 8. By faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. By faith, he made his home in the promised land like a stranger in a foreign country. He lived in tents, as did Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs, with him of the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city with foundations, whose architect and builder is God. By faith, even Sarah, who was past childbearing age, was enabled to bear children because she considered him faithful, who had been made the promise. And so from this one man, and he as good as dead, came descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as countless as the sand in the seashore. So think about this. What if Abraham had decided, I'm not going to believe God. I'm not going to follow the promise that God's called. All the people, all of his descendants would have missed out on the promise that God had given him. So that's really been, that's really been uh, uh, touching me this uh, past couple of weeks, is that every decision that I make as a father, as a grandfather, as a, work, a worker at my job, as an elder here at New Life Fellowship, has consequences or benefits that, can span, that are going to span for generations to come. Now you could say, "Wow, that's that's heavy." You know, that's, that's hard. <laughs> you know, what if I make a mistake? Well, you know what's what's so great about being a Christian and being in relationship and having Holy Spirit in our life? God's able to redeem the mistakes that we make. We cannot make a mistake big enough that God can't take care of. So. When, when, we walk, when we're walking with Holy Spirit and we have our brothers and sisters around us, God can use us in great ways that are going to affect many, many generations to come. I don't think that way. I don't think out 100, 200, 300 years from now. I kind of hope Jesus is going to come before then. But what if he doesn't? So I need to live my life at the very best that I can, relying on Holy Spirit to lead me and guide me so that I can invest in my adult children, in my grandchildren, and I can invest in each of you as one of the leaders here at New Life Fellowship. So I'd like for all of us to just think, God, what can I do differently in the coming weeks the coming months, the coming years, because we've got a pretty heavy responsibility 
to, to live according to what God has called us to do. But then we don't have to sit around and worry about it because he's more than able to take care of us and to take and to restore any mistakes or problems that we might make. John 14:25 14, 25, 27, page 875. All these I have spoken while still with you, but the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled, and do not be afraid. So we have Holy Spirit to... Help us to ensure that we can make a positive impact uh, in the world going forward. Point number three, God is God and I am not. I hope if nothing else sinks in this morning, that that phrase will go with you today. That as you go about your day, you'll think about as things come up, that God is God, I am not. You know, I was kind of joking, like I said earlier, I was joking with Ed about well, it's not a surprise to God that Nathan's sick. God doesn't get surprised. But God still is able to orchestrate and take care of things, even among those areas. Did God cause the sickness? No. But there are times in our lives that God allows things to happen uh, in us in order to for his will and his glory to be shown. So who knows? Why Nathan is sick? Could be just so that that God could show that New Life Fellowship can continue on whether Pastor Nathan is up here speaking or not. You know, I don't know. God is God. I am not. And it's but it's easy to when when bad things happen to good people or things happen that I don't understand, it's easy sometimes to for me to, to say, God, if you're God, then why don't you fix this? And uh, God is like, well, I am God, and I can fix it. You just don't see the whole picture. You know, I see this in, all the time with our grandchildren. We've got two five-year-olds, a three-year-old, and a one-year-old. And there are times when you know that what they're going to do is not the right thing to do, so you stop them from doing it, and they have a freak-out moment. How many of you have small kids that have that, that freak? I mean, it's just just Friday, we had Elias over, three-year-old, and um, I'd gone to the dentist. I came back. I walk in, and he is in meltdown mode. He is screaming at Julie, his noni, because she's not drawing the Tyrannosaurus Rex correctly on the paper. 
So he was like, it, it, was, it, was, it was just beside himself. She could not do it right. And, but he couldn't show her how to do it. So she grabbed her phone. She got a picture of it. And he said, yes, that's the way it's supposed to look. So she's trying to draw it. And he's like, no, no. So I, um, I took him. We went in and sat down on the couch. I mean, he is just, he's freaking out. So about 10 minutes later, it's like all of a sudden, it's like, okay, I'm okay. Let's get on with life. But, um, you know, I wonder if God does that with us sometimes. You know, if we're in a situation, we don't really, you know, it wasn't that big of a deal that Julie couldn't, Noni could not draw a Tyrannosaurus Rex. But it's just that he wanted it drawn that way. And I find that in my own life sometimes, I do the same thing. Regardless of what it is, God, I want you to do this now. And he's like, I'm God, you're not, so you need to see the big picture here and let me work. So it, 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 when it, when if, if I can get that thought in my head and in my life, then everything else is going to be taken care of because I can trust God. You know, I think Nathan has said in the past, God is good. God is good. If we can believe that and live it, then everything's going to be okay. Now, it may not look okay on the outside. You know, I was thinking about this morning, too. We've shared our nephew, Sam, a couple of years ago, died of cancer, left a two-year-old and a wife. We had hundreds and thousands of people praying for him, that God would heal him. He was a believer, and we still wonder why. You know, Sam was doing great work at the church. He was, he was raising a beautiful little girl. But for some reason, God decided that it was okay for Sam to come on home. So it's going to be interesting to see as the years progress what God does with, with um, Jennifer and their daughter Grace and the things that God's going to do. And then we may never see it till we get to heaven, the plan that God had. But that's what I hope to encourage, encourage you with, that we can only see right here. God can see the big picture and knows exactly what's very, very best for us, even though they, it hurts and we don't like it. But God is God, and we are not. And then it always reminds me, Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Meditate on that. That's our God. He, he, plan, he wants good things for us. The problem is we live in a broken world. Bad things are going to happen to good people. Good things are going to happen to bad people just because our world is completely upside down. But God is making it right by Jesus Christ coming, dying on the cross for us, and making the way so that we can be reconciled back to Father. Point number four. 
Things that seem broken and unfixable really aren't as broken and unfixable as they seem. There's many, many examples in the Old and New Testament. I'm not going to read any of them, but I'll just point out a few. David and Bathsheba in 2 Samuel 11. David decides, hey, I'm going to stay home. I'm not going to go do what I'm supposed to be doing. He lusts after Bathsheba. He commits adultery with her. She gets pregnant. He murders Bathsheba's husband. And guess what God does? God decides to use David and Bathsheba to be in the lineage of Jesus Christ. After David repented, God was able to restore that, that uh, incredible sin that had occurred. So you read in Matthew 1, it says right in there, David and or Solomon was the son of David and Bathsheba. So it's amazing what God can do. It looked like it was unfixable. It was impossible to recover from that. But yet God calls David a man after his own heart, even after all the things that he had done. John 11 talks about Lazarus. Remember, he was sick. Jesus was more than able to come heal him. So what did he decide to do? He said, I'll just hang out here for another four days. And, and Lazarus died. So everybody's upset. You know, this is awful. There's no way to recover from this. Jesus walks back in, raises Lazarus from the dead. Because God's able to fix the things that he wants to fix. But there's our times that he decides we're just going to let things go the way they are. And, you know, you can't talk about hard times or bad times unless you talk about Job. You know, if you ever get a chance, just read through Job. This guy had everything. God even says he was perfect. And then he lost his children, lost everything he owned, lost his health. His wife was against him, telling him, just curse God and die. I can't stand seeing you like this. And God turned all that around and restored it. And then Jesus, he came, died on the cross for us. The disciples were beside themselves. You know, the Jewish people thought for sure Jesus was the Messiah that was going to restore the kingdom on earth right then. And Jesus never said that. He said he was going to restore the kingdom, but not the way they thought it was going to be restored. So Jesus dies on the cross, which opened the door for each of us to be able to come into a relationship with Jesus Christ. What a, what a, there's no way I could have ever thought that up. You know, that God could use the cross and all the things that Jesus Christ went through so that we would be in right standing with God. What what a uh, incredible blessing that we have if if we if we accept that. So no matter what situation you're in right now, whether th- times are good, times are not so good, or times are just downright awful, I just want to encourage you that God is in control. And it's not as bad as it seems. We're here to love you. We're here to help you. We're here to pray with you. 
We're here to watch God work miracles, and he does over and over and over again. So I'll just share a few. In closing, I'll share a couple of things that I've noticed about myself that, um, you know, if, if God makes a promise, you know, I, I kind of expect him to fulfill it, but I don't always act that way. You know, God's word promises each of us that we can do greater things than Jesus did. Well, wait just a minute. God said I could do greater things than him. But I don't act that way. God said I could do greater things than he did. But you know why? Because we have Holy Spirit living inside of us. And Jesus has already won the battle. So all we have to do is connect with Holy Spirit and walk with him. And and just like Pat said, you know, Holy Spirit will lead us where we need to go. You know, if you've ever been through experiencing God, the Bible study, it's a great study of just watching and seeing where God's working and then going and joining him in that. Because it's not my responsibility, just like Aaron was sharing. I don't have to know all the answers. I just have to be willing to let Holy Spirit use me where he wants to use me. And if God doesn't heal somebody when I pray for him, that's God's problem. If God heals somebody, that's God's problem. You know, I don't have to worry about it. I just have to do what God has asked me to do. The other thing I've noticed about myself is if something's broken, I want to fix it. And I want to fix it now. I don't want to have to go through some process or wait for God to to work. A lot of times I want it done now. And God's saying, there's times I'm not going to fix it right now because there's some stuff I want you to learn. And then the third thing is I get frustrated if things don't work out the way I think God should have worked them out. Anybody else here like that? God, I think you ought to do it this way. And God's like, I don't think so. And he does it so much better than I could ever even imagine or think. But if I, so I don't know why I keep having to relearn that lesson. Um, so, you know, there's really nothing wrong with those three thoughts. I'm just telling you what, I can, what I'm thinking. Um, then finally, let me just share a couple of things that I've learned over the years that I end up having to keep relearning. And I, I hope that, that each of you can learn them with me. And just as I said earlier, God is God, I am not. So no, no matter what happens, God's God. And he, he's in control. So I just have to allow him to do that. God works in his own timeline because of, number one, God's God, and I'm not. His timeline, we can't understand. I can't fathom why he does some things and he doesn't. And I have to relearn that over and over again. Number three, God is able to redeem any situation because God is God. No matter what the situation is, he can do it. Romans eight twenty eight reminds us, and we know that in all things God works for the good for those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. 
all things. Not one or two. He can take care of all things for us. Number four, things that seem broken and unfixable really aren't as broken or unfixable as they seem. Again, because God is God. And the last one, just because I don't understand what is happening doesn't mean God's not in control because God's God and he can take care of it. So as the worship team comes up, I would just like to encourage all of us to um, allow Holy Spirit to work in our hearts. If there's things going on in you right now that, that you need Holy Spirit to work on, then just, just ask him. Ask Jesus to come and, and help and to take care of that situation, to give you the strength to walk through that situation, and he'll do that. The Aaron and Ed and I are going to be up here, um, so if you need prayer after the song or during the worship time or during the last song, you know, please come up. We'd love to pray with you. We'd love to talk to you. And we'd love to see God move in a mighty way. Amen. Let me pray for us and um, we'll be dismissed. Father, thank you for today. Thank you for your word. Thank you that your arms are open wide to receive us. So, Lord, I lift up each person that's here. I pray that you will bless them, that your spirit will go with them, and that you will challenge each of us to be the men and women that you're calling us to be, that we will be the church that you're calling us to be. But Lord, we will lift you. Your word promises as we lift you up, you'll draw all men and women into yourself. And we do. We lift you up this morning and pray that you'll fill this place with people that are seeking you and desire to know you so that we can affect this community, that we can affect this state, this great country that we live in, and the world at large. We lift it all to you. Thank you that you're in control. I bless you in the name of Jesus. Amen. Have a great day. Be the church.